the elite. I am the greatest. I am the phenomenal AJ Styles. Delete. You talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. And, and now your world podcast champion. Oh, buddy, here we are. Travis, round, how's it going? Round. It's is that going? It's like round. How's that feel? How's that feel, Travis? That's about any boxer feeling. Hear that? A little fatigue. Give me some water. Oh wait, I can't have water because I'm still fighting. Uh, <laughs> Can I hear the music I'm playing? Do what? Can I hear the music I'm playing? No. Oh, really? That's some Mojo's theme song. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I like it, so it's cool. <laughs> Did you really not hear it? I was like playing it really. No, I, I really, I really did not hear it. So, I'm pretty excited. Samoa Joe. Most people probably are not excited. Oh, hey guys, this is Ramsey speaking. I'm also here with Travis. If you're tuning in for the first time, thank you. This is Rumble in Reality. We don't write stuff down. We talk off the cuff. All about wrestling. And- and we also apparently make hand gestures as if I'm sitting right next to you since I'm well, because because literally that's what it looks like just now on this video that I have in front of me. You move to the side, literally threw your arm up as if you were about to like pat me on the back like I'm sitting right beside you and I'm actually not even anywhere remotely well, close. Well, I'm not sure what I was doing honestly. I, I don't off. either. <laughs> I was getting into getting into character. Okay. What we're character in a, are you we're in the business of characters and all that good stuff, so. Sure, sure. Um, so, like I was saying about Samoa Joe, um, I'm sure you're excited. I am. I'm, I, I'm actually extremely excited for it, and I don't know why anybody wouldn't really be excited. Um, this was something that Jim Ross was talking about. He was hoping it would happen for WrestleMania at some point or time. Uh, he even said that he Romania, wants to call them. Well, because that's what he feels like. Because he and he even wants to call the match. He actually is trying to pitch to call the match next month, um, because he is a big Samoa Joe advocate, and he really believes because of the body of work Samoa Joe uh, put together in NXT to go along with all of his past credentials with like Ring of Honor and. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm going to try to start referring to them still as Impact Wrestling. It's so hard not to say Yeah, TNA. you got to. Because they might, they might release our emails and get some trouble and stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, screw them. Anyway, uh, Jim Ross is a big advocate of Joe, mainly because he brings that he brings that essence of realism because Joe does have an extensive background in Muay Thai. He does have an extensive background in Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, the guy's a straight-up beast, and for a guy his size, he can move extremely quickly. So he kind of brings a lot of realism to what some people would call a – a kind of what Lesnar brings. Yeah, yeah, that's, and that's, that's a, exactly the comparison he was making was that there are a lot of similarities between the styles of Joe and Lesnar – to the point where they could potentially mesh well and have a good match. And I think it will be a good match. And I love, 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 love what they did on Raw. And that's what I was about to bring up. You said the word advocate. Okay. So that got me thinking. And online, it's already been talked about. Do you maybe, this isn't a spoiler. I didn't look it up. None of that crap. You don't got to leave the podcast. This is not a spoiler podcast. We only talk things we think that could happen or would happen or should happen. In this case, the spoilers what, suck. Yeah, I don't look up spoilers. Even though care. the site originally was called Rumbling Rumors because we did maybe do a little bit of spoiling, but not anymore. No more spoiling, just fun rumors, fun little hypotheses. So, uh, advocate Paul Heyman, do you think he could jump ship and actually be on Samoa Joe's side and make Lesnar lose the title? No. No, I don't. Um, do I think the pairing of Paul Heyman and Samoa Joe could actually be a draw? Yeah, I do. 
Um, I do think they would be a good combination. Um, Joe can talk. Joe's actually pretty decent on he the mic yeah, as a bad. character. Um, he killed us. He killed us after interview on Raw. Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, having Paul Heyman at his side, it's almost along the same lines of uh, CM Punk. Coincidentally, yeah, uh, Punk was a great talker, but he had Paul Heyman to assist with him at times, and it would be the same thing. They they just play off of one another, but. I think it's already been well established that Paul Heyman will forever be a Brock Lesnar guy because Lesnar, which again, I find this, I find this completely weird that in Lesnar's first run with WWE, he was pretty decent on the mic. He wasn't crap. Yeah. I mean, when you go back and watch some of his old promos, especially when he uh, turned heel again in uh, 2003 against Kurt Angle, he actually gave some pretty good promos. Um, you can even look back to the Royal Rumble uh, 2004 after he beat Hardcore Holly and he interrupted the interview with Goldberg. Hardcore uh, who? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, when he, uh, when he interrupted Goldberg's uh, pre-Royal Rumble match interview with Terry, um, he jumped in there and he, he was good. Like He was not bad at all. So, I don't know, and I mean, his UFC career, he pretty much said whatever he wanted. Um, But it's like, how is this guy so bad on the mic now? Because you don't really hear him talk all that much, because I don't know if he's just nervous, if he just doesn't want to, or what. But Paul Heyman definitely is always going to be attached to the Brock Lesnar hip, and there is nothing wrong with that, because that's where he shines. You know, Paul Heyman shines and gets to do what Heyman does best, and that's talk. Yeah. Talk people into the ring, talk people into the arena. And this Joe Lesnar match, which I am hoping, because again, according to rumors that are going around, this is supposed to be only a one-off match. They yeah. don't intend to do any more balls. than just one. Yeah, and, and first off, the fact that it's on a freaking dumbass pay-per-view, like Great Balls of Fire, which, yes... The logo is a dick and balls. I'm just going to throw that out there. I know. That was spreading around, too. Oh, it's it's so there. Even Sasha Banks said that it, it is. When a fan questioned her about it, said, what do you think of the, the logo? Does it look like a dick and balls? Because that's what I see. And she just responded one word. Yes. I mean, there. who came up with this concept for a pay-per-view? Seriously. It's like one of those things I feel like Vince probably like thought it was such a great idea. And he doesn't want to back out now. <laughs> yeah, and you know? trust me, if you were to back out now, nobody would discredit you whatsoever. If anything, they would continually say that you're still a genius. So, but I got a little um, hypothesis. Hypo- I can never say that word. Hypothesis. 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 Okay, I have Stop a hypothesis. Saying- it's just hypothesis. Hypothesis. Okay. There you well, go. Well, I have a little question for you, travel. Uh. If Paul Heyman could pick somebody besides Samoa Joe, uh, and I want you to give me your top five. Top five, Travis. What are the top five people? Before we get in your top five, do a quick little answer on, do you think Tamina should be the girl version of Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman be on her (laughs) side for the women's area? I mean, she's almost to the point to where I've seen this online. That's the only reason I'm really bringing it up. She literally is she literally is a, a male version of Brock Lesnar. Nobody can compare to her in the women's locker room. She's so big. No, I'm talking about just pure tallness and strength and girth, bro. She is Are so big. Are we talking bi- about Tamina or Tamina. Nia? Nia. Dang, Nia. Okay. I was about to say. I was wondering I was why you were so – I was wondering why you were so, like, confused with what I was saying. Like, what's wrong with that? I always get Nia and Tamina confused. Tamina's good, How too. How the hell do you do that? Just look at them. I know. They actually, to me, look very similar, actually. One just taller. Who do you think is prettier? I'm just blinking. Who's prettier? You right now. It's irrelevant who I think is prettier. The fact of you saying that they who look would you, similar. Who would you go out with on a hot date with? And who would I... If, if, you're choo- if you're telling me I had to pick between the two of them, mm-hmm. uh, Nia. Nia? Whoa. Yeah, she, she seems like a pretty cool fucking chick. So, Pretty uh, cool fucking chick. Okay, on plus, the record. Plus, mm-hmm. she's best friends with Alexa Bliss. So, Or you could have said <laughs> her cousin's <laughs> The Rock. 
Well, I'm just saying. Uh, and he you know, can get your, means, he can get your acting career end. started, and The Rock would it's, like put some like you know good word in for you for be the next Jr. It's, said a, ten... it's a means to an end, my friend. It's know, a means to an end. Um, and a rear end at that. <laughs> oh, God. Let's do a top five real quick. You don't got to go in depth. Um, maybe okay. a little bit if you want to. What, what do are you we going to f- hold on? Before you go any further with the question, yep. are we sticking exclusively with the Raw roster? Or are nope. we going to throw SmackDown Where is No. NXT, everybody. You can, okay. have, you can okay. have Paul Heyman work on somebody brand new. Who do you think top five guys are Paul Heyman could work with? All right, and we'll start um, me and you back and forth. You get it. We'll start from five. Okay. Well, they won't have any significance in numbers, so number one, you go okay. first. Um, number one, who who would I like to see Paul Heyman partner up with? Um, you know, really, who I think would benefit the greatest from a Paul Heyman mix-up? Roman Reigns, actually. Ooh, I like that. That's it, a, actually a freaking great dude. Watch them actually do that, because you know, you know, Reigns and Lesnar are supposed to be the next WrestleMania match, right? Dude, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying what. Could That'd be happen. so exciting. That would I'm like be saying... full heel Lesnar. Sorry, full heel, full heel uh, Roman people. Oh man. And I'm only saying that not, and not because I didn't even, I didn't even think of that. But now that you bring that up, it, it makes all the sense in the world because God, Paul Heyman has talked turn. about that. Paul Heyman has already said several times and gone on record that he thinks Roman is actually a great worker. He thinks he's a good human being. Um, so everybody knows that come WrestleMania in New Orleans next year, when it comes to Lesnar and Reigns, Lesnar's going to be – the top dog he's going to go over with those fans more so than anybody else so why not play into that and why not have Heyman turn on Lesnar at that point Uh, so take what I said before when I said that I don't think anybody could break uh, Heyman off of Lesnar there's only one and I really think it would be Roman and I think he would benefit more from it because Roman's again he's in I don't want to say he's absolute crap on the mic because he's not, but he's definitely – he still needs work. Like, to me, he still needs a lot of work. He's definitely improved from his time in the Shield uh, where he was then, where he just rushed through lines and didn't really give any kind of impact to him, in my opinion. Of course, you'll see him on every kind of interview this day and age. You'll see so many people be like, you could just tell that yeah. Roman had the charisma. No, you could not. If you're stupid enough to believe that, hmm. then you really shouldn't have a job in wrestling. No, Seriously. especially he's still not even very good right now. He's not, I'm not saying he's great, Yeah. but what I am saying is he's definitely improved and he's doing much better as time goes on. He's still, as somebody who's done acting classes before, and this is one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to watching wrestling mm-hmm. is some of these people don't know how to slow down what they're saying. They rush through problems. Yeah. They don't know how well, to... Well, they probably also have a time limit, do you think? I mean, I, I'm sure that there is a time limit. But at the same time, you... This is what people need to understand when it comes to promos. Mm-hmm. Promos are not meant to just speed through it. This isn't mixed martial arts. This isn't boxing. This is pro wrestling. This is sports entertainment. What you say weighs heavily on what happens in the story if somebody if somebody goes through the story and they talk like this with no personality whatsoever they're just rushing through it there's Mm -hmm. nothing here or they're like this where they they just have to they this is my i am the game like Triple H is a great example of that. Triple H probably wasn't the best of talkers when he started. Oh, and oh when he time, started, for sure. I was going to say, he's yeah. a great talker now. God. I mean, to, there's nobody that really can touch uh, can touch them. Matter of fact, since we're kind of on that topic. Um, oh, we're skipping, my, we're skipping my five thing? We can do three? Oh, okay. okay, okay. Well, re- remind me to come back to the okay, topic. I will. Uh, okay. uh, let's finish it up. So, Reigns. So, so that, I'll yeah, pick. that would be mine. Okay, we'll do we'll do top three. Uh, Reigns, this is gonna sound weird, but I really think Dean Ambrose could benefit. You, in need, a way, we need something to to tweak Ambrose a little bit, and I think Paul Heyman can make him less lunatic fringe and start showing 
Ambrose, if he wants to be a champion, he can discuss do other things. And it may, I don't know. I feel like it'd be good. People love Heyman. People love Ambrose. He's kind of more, a little more hardcore. When I think of uh, Paul Heyman, I think of hardcore. I don't know if young fans are here or not, but when I think of Paul Heyman, I don't know why I think of hardcore. Well, you think of hardcore because of ECW. Yeah, that, was the, that was the joke for the young fans out there. I get, I get that, but I'm just going to make it obvious for those young fans that are not uh, smart enough to realize what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but while we're going through this list, keep in mind that whoever we pair Heyman with Sorry. is going to have to be a heel in some form or fashion. Because even though people like Paul Heyman, even though people <laughs> like Paul Heyman, Paul's best work has always come with a guy who is a heel, but not they, a good guy. But in this last run, maybe not recently, people were getting tired of Lesnar not being there. But they're still tired of him not being. there. I know, but he Lesnar feels like more of a face when half of his runs he's done recently. That's so. because people because he they pair him with people that really don't yeah. stand a chance against him, or they're I not mean, very uh, facey. Yeah, like Randy Orton, prime example, last mm-hmm. SummerSlam. You know, everybody actually was pretty stoked for the Orton-Lesnar match. But then even when that match came about, um, which in my opinion, it didn't really deliver anyway. Um, dive. But dive. Yeah, right. He did, he, he did take a dive that night. Um, Lesnar still, you know, had the crowd overwhelmingly in his own favor as yeah. opposed to Randy Orton. So, at uh, the problem that they do, and I don't even, and this was the problem with Goldberg too, because WrestleMania fans, for whatever reason, Goldberg got some chance, but for the most part, people booed Goldberg, and I was, I'm sitting there flabbergasted because I'm like, come on, I was, uh, I, knew, I, was I know you were, well, I was expecting honestly more so of a fifty-fifty, yeah, only because a lot of people, at least that I saw, that was responding to Goldberg. They actually liked the Goldberg run. I liked the Goldberg run for a personal and from a professional standpoint because it was different. It was something you – everybody expected him to get mauled over, Goldberg, to get mauled over by Brock Lesnar. That first encounter at Survivor Series, who would have thought that they would have booked a finish at a minute and 26 seconds with Goldberg going over. Oh, yeah. I was like, what the, what is, the hell is this? That was, dude, that was the talk for the for a week. Mm-hmm. A week straight, people were like, oh, I don't know if they did that right or why did they do that or it was. Or was Lesnar injured were, or is Goldberg injured and whatever. Yeah, some people were actually happy. I myself thought it was great. But here was the thing. I liked it for another reason. But the simple, simplistic thing that people forgot is that it did. They did exactly what they wanted you to do. Yeah. That was talk about it. It's true. Everybody did. So. Um. But I like your pairing. I like your Heyman Ambrose pairing. I think it would definitely give a little bit more of it. I don't think you really would need to drift away from the lunatic fringe side of it. I, I think it would enhance it. Maybe enhance it, but I'm just I'm just kind of feeling like I don't know. I just don't feel I feel like Ambrose can be something different or at least tweak it because every not everybody I'm just feeling like it's it's feeling like a Randy Orton John Cena thing where it's like please change it up so I don't start hating you not hating you as a heel hating you as in I'm not excited to see you anymore. I've I'm kind of already getting that. Actually, I'm about I'd say halfway there. Yeah, it's like same stuff. At times, because at times Ambrose delivers gold, he really does. But then here recently, he's another one whose promos I sometimes have an issue with. Because you want to talk about sometimes promos that don't know how to stop, like you don't know where to stop the sentence. Mm-hmm. Prime example, right there. And I'm gonna, I'll tell anybody that wants to say that I'm dissing on Ambrose. I actually like Ambrose. Matter of fact, you can attest to this. When the shield came out, I said from the very beginning, I saw Ambrose as the leader. Oh yeah, all you guys did. Reigns. And it's it's unfortunate because Ambrose has had the worst singles career out of all three of the shield members. I know, isn't that weird? Yeah, it's it sucks for him because I actually I liked Ambrose a lot. It's just he's rough around the edges and not in a good way. Okay, you number two. Number two, 
Um, man. It doesn't have to be a really deep thing. You just think what, what maybe kind of. Would be I, I know, good or... but I actually, I you know me, I like to actually put some thought oh, into where I come from. So, oh, you know, somebody that I think would really be cool, and it would mainly only work on his debut on the main roster. Like he, this, he would have to be introduced on the main roster for this to work. Um, Bobby Roode. I would like that. That would be awesome. Paul Heyman with Bobby Roode. Because Bobby Roode knows how to deliver a promo, and he knows how to deliver a very good bad guy promo. Yeah, I like, oh, man. I, love, I have not seen the most movie? recent one. Dude, did you, so I'm guessing you haven't watched this week's NXT yet? Nope. Dude, I'm, I'm telling you, first chance you get, set aside just 55 minutes of your time. Not even 55! 55. I'm sorry. I say that for the whole show. But if you can only devote just a little bit of time, first 15 minutes, first 15 minutes of the show, it's – no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Scratch that. I'm sorry. Uh, I want to say more so 20 because they have a a match and then they have a promo. So – and it's Roger – it's involving him and Roger Strong. So when I say he knows how to deliver a heel promo against a solid baby face – Go and watch that. Josh Eisenberg said the same thing on WrestleZone. He knows how to cut a good guy down. And if you threw Heyman into the mix with Bobby Roode, a guy who calls himself the glorious one, oh, perfect. Perfect combination. My turn now, so you get this little spillover with and go back to your little thing you were going to tell me. I'm doing this for the sake of I love him so much. And I want him to have a one last title run. And he is extreme Jeff Hardy. It sounds weird, but I don't know. It sounds like ECW connection a little bit. He's extreme. You're going for more of the hardcore. Like, I know. Well, the hardcore side, aren't you? I know. Yeah, yeah. I know people think, oh, I should pick Eric Rowan or pick somebody, no, big guy, no, or pick Braun Strowman. It's like... I don't know. I just feel like um, those Jeff Hardy, especially, is like a Lesnar. Not good at talking, really in the mic, not really. But he. I, but pe- I, I don't know. I I would I would disagree with that move. I totally disagree. My boy with Jeff that. Hardy. I can admit Jeff Hardy is not good on the mic. No, 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 no. He was. He was. But again, time and TNA. He's he's progressed far. Like. Well, maybe you're right. I haven't seen him really far. talk much, but I feel like. The interviews he's had so far on WWE after Raw and stuff, I was like kind of the old Jeff Hardy where he's kind of nervous again. You should, you should again when you have free time. Oh, uh, dude, being in front of a crowd of like a thousand compared to like a, a general thirty and twenty thousand people. We'll no, 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 no. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't going to make that comparison. But oh. I was going to say, go look up some of the heel Jeff Hardy promos that he was doing back oh, in twenty ten. Yeah. Go, go look at some of his heel work and tell me that he didn't do well with some of those promos as a bad guy. It was an experiment that only lasted a short amount of time because, unfortunately, the drug problem reared yeah. its ugly head. Um, but. Honestly, I really wish they would have still done more heel Jeff Hardy because heel Hardy, heel Jeff, honestly, had money written all over it. Had me, I was, a, I became even more of a Jeff Hardy fan when they turned him heel because oh, yeah. he actually showed he could do it and he did it very convincingly. So, do you have your third one, or do we do mine? Uh, give you more time. I yeah, give me a little more time. Okay. My third one, I think I'm jumping the gun now because I'm getting, I'm getting pretty excited about this concept. Uh, <laughs> just in general, I am. This is going to sound weird because he already has a really good mouth. Mm-hmm. Kevin Owens. Oh, yeah, that would be good. Because like Kevin Owens is really good on the mic, and he's, you know, yes. I don't know. I just feel like it'd be a good pairing, too, because they kind of have the same demeanor. They're both kind of like high and mighty on themselves, and they both carry themselves a certain way, kind of regalish. You know, Heyman does. Well, and you know, into that too, uh, to your point there, where they carry themselves a different way. They've always been, both their personalities have been guys that buck the system. Yeah. And I mean that. I mean that in the sense, at least when it comes to Kevin Owens, uh, Kevin Owens, because of his body stature, has never been looked at as being like a professional wrestler because he's not 
he's not well, – well, we'll make this comparison just because of where we're at right now. He definitely is not a Jinder Mahal body. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Jinder. But for a guy his size, he can do amazing things. Yeah. Paul Heyman has always, always, always been criticized for being an overweight guy. Um, and I, I can totally see where their personalities – being the guys that aren't supposed even when Paul was running ECW you know it was the little engine that could you know they were they were people that that wanted to do something great in wrestling and they pushed themselves and worked hard enough to make that happen and when they got there they wanted to rub it in every single person's face Hmm. so I can totally see where that could be a good pairing for the two of them That that was a good one I didn't even think about that one that was good your turn uh, I'm going a little on a far left side here just because I think it would be absolutely awesome to see him as a pair. Um, I'm going with a woman on this one. Oh, what the? Okay. I'd love to see Paul Heyman team with Charlotte. Ooh, I got, I like that too. Charlotte, Charlotte has a natural fu- freaking like heel thing to her, so she's perfect for being a heel. Agreed, and I can totally see – like if she, even if she wanted to continue with the queen gimmick like she's been doing and wanted to go back heel, mm. pair her with Paul Heyman and have him come out and because the queen shouldn't have to talk all the time. That's you know ooh, that's a good little thing to go off of. And I mean I can see it now where you know Paul Heyman does his little introduction and he said and he can go in saying the queen would like to present to her court mm. you know and just go from there. And he could go off on a tangent. Have yeah. Charlotte talk every once in a while. Not because she's uh, not good, because like you said, she's very natural. But make it mean something. I actually like, really like Charlotte. I think she's like... I do too. I think she's one of the better things that happened to women in wrestling in a long time. She I'm has, she has like it all. She has like the she has a look, a feel of a, like a top wrestling woman. And she actually does it. Yeah. She, she and, executes you know, it every time. I'm still hoping for it, and I'm hoping, man, that this her titties are a little titties are a little out of out of uh, alignment, but she's pretty cute. I was gonna say uh, they're very uh, disproportioned, uh, but uh, aside from that, um, I'm really hoping that it happens at a WrestleMania because I still think I, I just I see money written all over money. it. Money, uh, I do. Uh, Charlotte and Trish Stratus. I want to see it sometime. I, I Charlotte like and they... Trish Stratus. Trish yes. barely could wrestle back then. Arguably, she could wrestle compared to the girls back then. Dude, for dude, real? I'm talking about back then. She stood out back then, but no, I don't no, no, think no, she. Dude, I'm being honest. Look at her. Point, being... huh? Look at the. Okay, you have a point from where she started. Okay. You know what I'm saying? She stands out in that crowd of women. Her and because, Lita both did. Yeah, because they were around tons of also bimbos and stuff. But the girls now are like all really high competitive, know all the moves and movesets. Look at right now. Go to Trish matches. Go to Trish's matches. Go to many of those girls' matches. They have two or three main moves. The rest of crap are punching, slapping, and doing dramatic stuff. Now I'm not I'm not saying that you don't have a point there. What I'm saying though is yes, the women in this generation of wrestling is very much more athletic than the the era that she was in. But at the same time, you can't discredit the women that were in that era as well because oh, let yeah. me let me just let me just rattle this off for you here, okay? Okay, Molly okay, Road Dog. Molly Holly, Victoria, Lita, Mickey James, Gail Kim, Trish Stratus. Gail was barely there for even a minute. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Gail Kim can wrestle. And oh, she yeah. can do it well. She does it extremely well. But they never well. put her really WWE on TV, so how would you know? Do what? They didn't put Gail Kim enough on TV. That's that's WWE's fault. I know. But TNA capitalized where they, they, uh, where they fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, but she can wrestle. You know, Michelle McCool can even wrestle, for God's sakes. And people don't don't remember that enough. Uh, Melina, a little bit. She, Melina could wrestle. Melina needed some work, but she got it. And Out she of all those girls, your name and Melina, yeah, not too bad. Uh, but Trish, I mean, Trish was when she started out. Absolutely. I mean, if you if you want to see 
if you really want to see where she started to where she got to, watch the match from WWE, WWE No Way Out in 2001 against Stephanie McMahon. Watch that match and then go to her final match against Lita. And tell me that that is not a different wrestler, Trish, as opposed to just eye candy. Yeah. Girl, the, Here's the thing. Trish, I never said she was eye candy. I'm just saying she, she stood. She was, though. She, she was. But I'm, I'm not saying she wasn't. That's what I'm saying, though. I'm saying that she could would not. If Right now, if you she was in the same group of wrestlers right now, the women's division, she would not stand out. She would not know what to do. I'm not what saying she, I'm not saying she serious? would be. Dude, I am serious. Why would I go off? Okay, you're talking about a roster that has Carmella and Tamina. Okay, you're talking about Car. You're naming like two or three of the girls who kind of wrestle here and there on TV compared to the, all the other girls. There is more airtime and longer matches for women's wrestling than there's ever been in the last twenty years. I mean, probably, I, I know. There's probably I, more I actual live Raw and SmackDown match time than there's been in like decades. I swear. I know. But think of who – think of the people again. Trish is part of those eclectic group of women that I listed out that started that. Yeah, I'm not you know saying, I'm saying she did not, you know, do something good for the industry or the women's wrestling. I'm saying if oh, she saying could go I'm against – she, if she had to go against uh, – I just think – I think honestly mm-hmm. in this in in this particular subject, you're discrediting her a lot from what she could do. That's that's my own opinion. I think you, I think you're very much undermining what she could do, and more so. Yeah, I agree 100% that the women in this generation, in this era of wrestling, are way more athletic and are capable of having longer matches than the era that she grew that she was brought up in, if you will. But she progressed from being just that eye candy to being somebody who became a great wrestler. Of course. Because, again, and, and she surra- she was surrounded again. I, I named them off. I forgot to even throw Jacqueline in there. And Jacqueline was a great wrestler. Jacqueline, yeah, Jacqueline was a good wrestler, and I can admit yeah. that. Yeah. Ivory. Ivory is another great example. Great wrestler, too. She was a good wrestler, but I was, she's boring as fuck. She was. She was. Don't get me wrong. But that's what I'm saying is there were, st- there were so many – uh, China, for God's sakes. You know what I'm saying? That's arguable, arguable too, man. I think she... I think I'm, I'm going to make so many people mad at me now. She was arguably a good, okay okay wrestler. I think it's because she was very manly and it could have matches with men that it stood out. As she kept going on, matches with the Jericho and stuff were actually great matches. But, That's what I'm saying. But beforehand, she was like a butch, like, clothesline and powerbomb. It was like a you know little monkey did a couple tricks and was like side and you see because she's going against a man. Well, and you got to remember when she first came on the scene, it was still very tabooish for a man yeah. to lay his hands on a woman in WWE. And then as we got further into the Attitude Era, that's when you started to see more of China, the wrestler. Um, speaking of which, since we're kind of on the women's debate here, I was just thinking this a couple days ago: how cool would it would it would have it been? Um, you know, God rest in peace, China. I really wish she could have. She would be here still. I really do. Um, I wish she could have gotten her act together, and I wish she could have gotten healthier. Um, because I started thinking, man, with the potential of having uh, Medusa back in the WWE Good Graces, can you imagine what a? Do you a, think she uh, could even still go? Medusa? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay, well, I don't know. I haven't seen anything, like, anything athletic she's done in a long time. Dude, that girl was just at the Performance Center last week uh, training with the girls um, for wrestling. So she can still go. But honestly, who would win in that? China or – and I'm going to call her Medusa because I know Alundra Blaze was her name in WWE, but she's well-known more as Medusa as opposed to Alundra Blaze. Who would win in that one? Because I think that'd actually be a pretty good uh, matchup for Medusa. Because Medusa was a straight-up wrestler. She yeah. wasn't. She wasn't. She wasn't eye candy until she was in WCW, and even then in WCW. Because if you think about their accolades, China was the first woman to ever hold the Intercontinental Championship in WWE. Medusa was the first and only woman to hold the cruiserweight title in WCW. Yeah. Both of them wrestled men, so it's not like they couldn't go. 
It's that's it was true. A match that, I'm I'm telling you, it's a match that I was like, huh, what if that would have happened? <laughs> that would have been a, that would have been interesting. Um, what were you gonna say earlier? Oh, um, about the talker, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, WWE Network for the last day or two has been playing the um, uh, celebrating the life of Dusty Rhodes. Uh, I believe it's his now. It's his two two year anniversary from his passing. I want to say. Um, wow, time flies. It's crazy. I know, and it's it, dude. It's still sad. Like oh, watching yeah. it, dude. Watching that. It, because he didn't he didn't pass away of like anything anything bad except I think he got a little sick and his immune system was weak and eventually that's what he succumbed to, um, but that was mainly because of his age you know, um, it's still sad to watch that just because it to hear how everybody was impacted by it dude I I started getting teary eyed watching the damn show, um, but watching it. It is very difficult for somebody to convince me that Dusty Rhodes was not the best talker that wrestling has ever seen. Um, There's just too many talkers to say that, but I mean, well, I, I, know, I know what well, you're saying, though. Well, and here's the thing, because I started the first the first name that came to mind that would that people would automatically argue uh, would be The Rock. People would be like, The Rock could speak circles around just about anybody and let me give you a little debate too real quick give you a little point that also during the rocks era and now there's way more people to compete with so and i'm talking about like people that have been picked like pick people that have like shined through back then and i'm not saying dusty no dusty Rhodes is awesome i love Rhodes. do not get me wrong at all guys just saying back then you really stood out if you could talk a little bit and the opponents you're going against they could have been some little fuddy-duddy who was a farmer and on his time he wrestled and was on some little you know little independent scene not saying you know not taking credit away from dusty i'm saying his uh competition wasn't as high as caliber as the rock stone cold jericho these guys that could dish it real quick back so if somebody can dish it back quick and you have nothing to come back with. Not saying Dusty couldn't. I know Travis's face. I'm not saying he couldn't. But when you have somebody who can ditch it so good too, it makes one person not stand out as much. So when you're going against The Rock, let's say it's The Rock versus um, Perry Saturn, who's going to win that talk? You know, oh sure, sure. Stone Cold versus uh, Goldust. Who's going to have the upper hand in the talk? But so I think back then a lot of the older rest, the wrestlers that stood out. Obviously, they stood out because they were the best, but the competition wasn't as uh, pick through. My two I mean, sense. yeah, and I mean, I'm playing devil's advocate tonight, aren't I? I, I mean, kind of, but honestly, I don't, I don't know if I would even, I don't know if I would agree with that statement at all. Mainly just because the era the Dusty was involved in was in the '80s, and the '80s and the '90s are looked at in two different ways. The 90s are looked at as that was that was the decade where wrestling took off, you know, like just it, that one was a rocket ship that went sky high and there was no limit or no boundaries to it. OK, no limit. Uh, Master P. Sorry. Right. <laughs> uh, the 80s, though, is always referred to as the golden era because that's when wrestling got put on the map. OK, Say that's golden that era. was Sorry. that was that was uh, the era of Hulk Hogan um because uh, arguably and i know so basically people, really good wrestlers well no 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 i i was gonna say uh to put it in perspective hulk hogan he i don't care what anybody wants to say if it wasn't for hulk hogan nobody would give a damn about wrestling in this era sorry see no i'm one of those kind of guys i don't believe those kind of things I, I do though because I always think there's going to be somebody somewhere is going to stand up to the plate and do something. The only the only other person that could have been well I'm sorry I would say there are two people that could that that could have actually helped uh, bring wrestling to the forefront. Dusty would would be one of them. The other one would be Ric Flair. Um, How about because the Macho Man? Oh well, I guess that was a little bit after. Yeah yeah. But I mean, the, well, there you go. There's another good point. Macho Man was somebody who could wrestle, but he was a good talker. Um, even though oh, I love Macho really Man so much. Yeah, any, 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 
even though anybody couldn't really understand what the hell he was talking about, Ultimate Warrior was a great talker. He he made you yeah. listen, you yeah. know. Um, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair. Uh, I'll even I, I would throw Ted DiBiase in there too. What? Um, dude, Ted, Ted DiBiase? Oh, I'm even, thinking his son. I'm sorry. I was about to say, do not even start telling me that Ted DiBiase was not I was, a good. I was thinking. I'm tired. I was thinking his son. I was like. His son wasn't that good. Yeah, not junior. Yeah. Not junior. Um, <laughs> but I was thinking about this because something that I I don't know if a lot of people notice this or not, and I, I've only noticed it because I was watching the, the year of 1999 all the way through since we can do that on yeah. the network now. Um, and I was noticing something with The Rock. Um, the Rock did great promos. Don't get me wrong. But The Rock really hung on a lot of his catchphrases. And what I mean by that is in a lot of his promos, in some somewhere, at some point, he would always revert back to one of his catchphrases. Uh, the one that I remember seeing the most, uh, at least throughout the year of 99, was it would always come back to uh, the, the shining it up real nice and sticking it straight up your candy ass. Mm -hmm. Or it would be that it doesn't matter who you are or whatever the case may be. Not to say those aren't funny and that those weren't effective, but I want to, I want to make this point clear. In the Attitude Era, you could really get away with saying anything you want, okay? Yeah. In the 1980s, and even in today's product, because you can kind of compare the two, and they're almost similar, it's very difficult uh, to say something where – I'm sorry. It, it becomes very difficult for somebody to say something impactful without there being like a swear word or some kind of insult yeah. in there or something like that. Go back and watch a lot of Dusty Rhodes promos. The dude would be different almost every single time. Every single thing he made sense. When he when he said something, you listened, you know? He he could literally as I forget who said it on the on the documentary, but the guy could think while he walks mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah he was not somebody that had to think about what he was going to say prior he could go on a camera put a mic in front of him and he'd deliver you a great promo not saying the rock can't do the same but could well the rock i'm not cut a, i'm not arguing i'm not even arguing the rock was the best one so i mean i wish i had time to think about who i really truly thinks the best one definitely don't think it's the rock i mean i think rock's up there for sure i do too yeah i, I think too. it's up there I just think there's plenty of plenty of guys. I mean, you may not like honestly, this. You may not like this answer, but John Cena. No, I was that. Believe it or not, that was going to be my. That was going to be who I was going to say. The only other person I think, and I and this is just my opinion too. Uh, I think first line would be Dusty Rhodes. Second place, John Cena. Yeah. Point blank. Again, I I'm not I'm not a John Cena hater anymore. I'm not. I don't hate on Cena. And did you, by the way, did you go and watch that video? Which one? The one I was telling you about on the last episode that went, it was a, it was a top 10 of his best matches or, uh, it was called the 10 times that John Cena silenced Dang, no, I'm sorry. Dang, I do not. Send me a link on Facebook later. I will. I will. You said you told me you were last time. You didn't do it. No, I, I and once we're done with this, I'll immediately send it to you because it's only a 10 minute long video. So. But trust me, it's worth the 10 minutes. It's an entertaining video, and it brings up a lot of good points. A lot of good points. And it makes me – It's and that's why I shared it on my own personal Facebook page, and I strictly even had the caption to it. This video right here, if it wasn't the most damnedest truth that I have ever seen, this is why I say John Cena is the greatest of all time. And and It does. It, it honestly does all the convincing for you. When you look at it and listen to it, you can't help but agree with every point that is made on that video. This is okay. The cover I'm making for our little episode this time feels like a throwback cover, honestly. Paul Heyman's in front, Trish Stratus to the left, Dusty Rhodes. I think. Hey, but we. But we've done a we in this episode it's been kind of a clash of, of eras you know it's like yeah. who would do well here who would go well with this it's it's been a fun episode just going all around who, and, okay let's uh 
who would you bring from this roster the last five years, newer roster, bring okay. to our Attitude Era? And who would you like to see him go against or feud with or a couple guys or what? Who's the top okay, guy? So, okay. So from this roster into the Attitude Era, uh, do we want to – That's a hard one. Wanna, no. Do we want to use the same stipulation of they their character now back then? Their same character they have right now, Seth Rollins, whoever it is, they use their character they have and uh-huh. and try to like make it blow up more in the Attitude Era. Man, uh, with that, uh, with that stipulation there, originally I was going to say John Cena, but John Cena that, arguably was part of a little bit of the Attitude Era, a little little bit. Uh, when he was, I mean, he was the ruthless aggression era with the Doctor of Psychonomics. He was saying some so. really raunchy things though. He did, he did, and but but again, this is why I asked if we're talking about do they have the same character yeah. that they do now? Because if it was the same character that Cena is now, he would have never gotten over in the Attitude Era, never. Because the the well, bright arguably boy, that's well, argument too. He could have been a well, really badass heel because of that. He, he well, I mean, you can kind of make that argument because of the bright colorness, and that was look, look at Kurt Angle. That, I mean, yeah, it was not the norm, you know, for somebody to be walking around with all the color. So, potentially, he could have been a good heel. I don't think he would have fit in well there, but somebody that I think would fit into the Attitude Era with the attitude he has, because I feel like WWE would have, if he would have been in that Attitude Era in this form, he would have been their version of Rob Van Dam. No. Oh. oh. No. No, we're not. He's not on the roster. We can't say him. Say so last five years. Oh, okay. Well, still, um, I'm. <laughs> and for you guys who don't know, I held up a C and an M. Yeah, I mean, C and Punk would have fit good in any era. Let's just call a spade a spade. But if we're talking about more so current, if we're talking about more current roster, which I think is more of the challenge, AJ Styles. Yeah, that's. And that's, I say that's that because not a bad one. he he would have been WWE's version of Rob Van Dam. Somebody who is braggadocious. Hopefully, way better than Rob Van Dam. Jeez. Well, well, this is this is why I say that. Rob Van Dam, he he was a guy that didn't need to talk. He went out there and just was, as they That's always true. said. That's true. I, mean, I he, freaking he love Rob. When I was a little kid, oh my god, I loved Rob Van Dam. He was the whole effing show in ECW. Like his matches were five star matches on every ECW show that he performed on. Sound kind of similar to somebody else that we know this day and age. Yeah. AJ Styles. So don't let AJ talk as much, but but AJ, AJ can talk. Out, AJ, I love AJ talking. He's oh, yeah. really good. No, AJ's great. Van Dam sucks. Yeah, Van Dam is not. He was bad. never to me. Never stood out as a good talker. He was always something. Was, was I don't know, like. Well, the watered down Rob Van Dam that we got in WWE was bad, but the ECW Van Dam that's back true. in the day was very good. Um, but yeah. AJ would be that guy. He would be WWE's guy. The one that doesn't need – that just goes out and says he's phenomenal and then goes out and shows you why. Yeah. Period. He wouldn't need any kind of sparkling gimmick or anything like that. Call him the phenomenal one and throw him in there and let him do his work. Since I'd rather go this topic for a little while, let's do top three. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, well, if we're gonna go top three again, then we gotta play round robin. So who would you want? Um, I know I used him earlier, but Kevin Owens. Oh God, yeah. Kevin Owens can like finally like talk on the mic. He could do all of his extreme wrestling moves without having to worry about hurting the you know audience rating. You know what I mean? Like the freaking ratings and stuff. Ratings as in not the ratings. I know, I, rate, I know, okay. I get what PG thirteen that kind of stuff. Saying. Okay. And, you know, the funny thing about that, too, is he's playing a heel in this generation. Man, would he be a badass heel in that generation to the point where fans would boo him. Yeah. Because think, think, think of it. We have a restrained Kevin Owens that people cheer because yeah. they're a lot like us. Well, they're a lot like us in the sense that we like seeing a guy who was on the indie scene come in and just totally wreck shop. But imagine Kevin Owens – now a guy who is very like you said very well polished on the mic and disses anybody he can at any point in time give him and give him a time in an era where he didn't have to worry about 
a lot of censorship. Oh, I, man, that sounds a lot. I love it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That, you had, you had some time now. Your turn, too. Okay. Um, See how time flies, literally. We're almost an yeah. hour into this, because every time we get into this, it's almost an hour. That's crazy. I, well, I mean, we need to stop then. Just stop bringing it up that it's an hour and just go. That's true. Uh, let's see. Uh, who else would I pick? Um, there's a lot of guys. I mean, there's, there's actually, it's not true. There's not a lot of guys that can make it, actually. That's the funny part. The funny part yeah. is we have such a giant roster now, more than we probably ever had, with NXT, United Kingdom area going, and all these Raw, SmackDown, there's more stars than we've probably ever had at one time and point, arguably. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know a guy that I, I think would fit great in the Attitude Era and would have been wonderful to feud with, um, because honestly, as much as we kind of had a lack of feud with him, with Undertaker, Bray Wyatt would have been perfect. I was, I was going to probably say it, okay, yeah. Bray, Bray Wyatt would have fit perfect right into the Attitude Era, and he would have been the perfect man. Can you imagine for a second if we would have seen the Bray Wyatt that had the cult following like with the, when he first appeared with Harper and Rowan? Can you oh, imagine yeah. if they showed up and fought the ministry? I knew you were going to say ministry. That would be pretty cool. You cannot tell me that that wouldn't have been money. You know? Money. Sorry. It, that would have been that would have been amazing. Um, and yeah, and that's why I say that we didn't get a chance to really see a full-on Wyatt-Taker feud just because, you know, Taker was winding down at that point and he wasn't full-time anymore. But think of the possibilities of a full-time Taker versus a full-time Wyatt. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool, actually. Yeah, that'd have been amazing. So yeah, I think Bray Wyatt would have been perfect. Because the, the reason I'm picking some of these guys is... The, the Attitude Era was more built on characterization, not your in-ring work. So I'm always trying to think in this. That's in this also moment, arguable because a lot of the top guys were actually really good wrestlers. They were, but uh, like, for instance, Stone Cold was a very great mechanic, and he displayed that in WCW. But in WWE, we got the brawler. Brawler. You know, we, yeah. didn't, we didn't like, get the technician. Yeah. That's true. So. So the in-ring work, while it was important, it wasn't as important as it is now. So yeah. that's why I, I'm trying to think of guys that have a solid character now. Because they would they would have been the ones to succeed back then. Yeah, that's true. So you've got – are you going to say Bray Wyatt is your second choice? No, too? no, because you did yours, and so now I'm going to do another one myself. Um, All right. Oh, man. I don't want to say the typical guys like, oh, Seth Rollins or something like that. I'm trying to think who it would be. Because Seth Rollins, I love Seth Rollins, but I don't know if he has that really, really ability to stand out in that big of a roster back in the day. You know, we grew up with that roster, so it's going to be like our roster. Yeah, yeah. Um, dang. I'm still trying to, I'm going through rosters and trying to see if I can bear it down. <laughs> Uh, I was going to make a joke and say Jeff Hardy, but he was actually in the Attitude Era. He was there. That was going to be the (laughs) joke. Um, I'd like to see Rusev. I I could see that. I could see a very anti-American Rusev working well. Because anti-America would work better back then before all the crap happened in America, and he could be Mm -hmm. more – he could push it more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, You're number three. Okay. So my number three – you know, originally I was thinking Brock Lesnar, but the he more was part I think of a little about bit, it, didn't he? huh? He was part of a little bit too. Again, I'm I'm thinking they're more ruthless aggression era, not yeah. attitude. Um, but the only reason I'm hesitant to say Brock Lesnar is because uh, there were there were UFC fighters back then, Dan Severn, and one could say Ken Shamrock had a had a pretty substantial WWE career, but. Neither one of them ever reached world title standards, so I don't really think Lesnar could have worked back then, which is why I'm not going to say Lesnar. Um, let's see. Man, yeah, it, it, when you think about it, it I really know. is such a, just an in-depth And, and here's the thing, though. It's not – the thing is, it's not about – there's not to pick from. It's like I don't know really who would truly stand out in that 
sea of good people back then. They, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't either. Like you uh, could say, oh, we could try uh, Finn Balor or something like. They're good and all. Love Finn Balor, but I'm saying all in all, with his mic skills right now and everything it is, he'd be almost like a Jeff Hardy stature, where he's awesome. You want to see him, but he's not a Rock or Stone Cold or Jericho. Right, right. Um, but right now, arguably, he is a Finn Balor because look at what you have to work with right now. I love everybody. I love Reigns, love Styles, love all these guys, but it feels like there's so many guys, and this has been talked about before. Stone Cold even talks about it. There's nobody even has the potential for the brass ring. feels like nobody not even wants to get it. They almost don't know how to grab it. They yeah. try, you know. Because there's, uh, I'm, and I'm sure there are several guys that have tried to seize that yeah. brass ring. But, Everybody wants it. Come on. Yeah, you would. I mean, you would think so. But Daniel Bryan even made a point on CM Punk's documentary where he said, and quote unquote, there are lots of guys that come and do this as just their job. Lots of guys that just do it for money. You know, they they literally hide in the back, hoping they just don't get picked to do a superstars match later on in the night because they just like to chill out and make their money doing nothing, mm -hmm. you know? And that, unfortunately, is, a it, again, Daniel Bryan's words. A lot of guys are backstage that are like that. Back then, people were there because they wanted to be there, you know? there were yeah. Back then, there were very few guys that you could say they just plucked from, uh, from like, Mark Henry was actually the first developmental guy that signed a WWE developmental contract back in 96. Yeah. So... He wasn't a guy who I'm sure – I well, and I won't say I'm sure of this, but something tells me he wasn't like the most avid pro wrestling fan growing up. If he was, great. But I don't know if he ever pictured himself doing that as a career until he got signed by WWE. Mm -hmm. So – but if I were to think of somebody that could fit in well – Are you in number two or three? You're on three, right? I'm on my third. Okay. I'm on my third. It's just – it's it's really hard to think who to fit. Um. Man. Well, I'm thinking of my third, and you're thinking of your third. You know what's really sad? I'm looking at rosters. It's so sad that they messed up Damian Sandow. Right. God, he was so, he was so good. He was a good wrestler. Really, I thought he was really good to entertain the crowd. Yeah, he wasn't bad. Um, you know, there's a, there's a small part of me I'm that sure wants, to go, wants to go to the NXT roster for a second. Because I really, I really think Alistair Black could have fit in well. I was thinking that too, but I almost hasn't. He's almost not. He's almost not uh, been around enough for me to make that statement yet. But yeah, I can see what you're saying. He has that presence. Yeah. Well, and back then he would have been. He he definitely would have been different because he would have brought that that same kind of style that I was referring to with Dan Severn and Ken Shamrock and Brock Lesnar. He would have brought the realistic fight style to them. And even like Samoa Joe, he brings that realistic fight feel. Yeah. But the thing that's different with Aleister Black is like his entrance alone, you know, all the symbols yeah, that it. make up his name, the candles that are in the background. Yes. That's kind of more brutish type of situation. But this is a guy who comes out, doesn't say a word, kicks your fucking head off with a spinning back kick that is just uh, a la Uriah Hall for all my <laughs> yeah. MMA fans out there. Um, and literally just – there's something unique about him, and that's what was getting over in the Attitude Era is something unique. That's true. So, so I, I'll, I'll throw a wild card in there. I think Aleister Black would have done very well back then. Damn, they're, they're, they're going to make me give my third one. I don't know it. Yeah. Oh. It's a lot harder than you think. It is really hard. Dang. I mean, I'm looking at, like, rosters, like, from a long time ago, or not long ago, from, like, they're not even there now. And they still can't even decide. This is, like, almost a top two scenario. I can't think of anybody else. Um, man. All the guys I want to say were actually in the Attitude Era. <laughs> Isn't that weird? I just want to keep saying, oh, I wish Batista, but Batista, Batista wasn't, I guess. No, Batista wasn't. Okay, I'll go Batista. Cause I'm a big Batista fan, guys. I'm, I'm, I don't know if you know that or not, but I am. Sorry. 
I'll say Batista because he has that presence. Big guy, powerhouse, not horrible on the mic. Done. Yeah. I think it's a pretty solid choice. I'm getting tired as hell now. It hit me. <laughs> no, I, I'd give it a pretty solid choice. I think Batista would be a good – I think it's a pretty good fit. Um, anything you want to talk about or say or before we go? Any, any more than what we've already said or talked about? Well, I know, but we talked about – we didn't really talk about this week at all. We talked about just you know, top threes and top fives. That's okay. Sometimes BSing is a good show too. That's true. Because, I mean, honestly, there wasn't a whole lot on Raw to talk about. Um, SmackDown was kind of the same. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to Money in the Bank and all that. But, I mean, honestly, us having our conversation here, just talking about what's to look forward to with Joe and Lesnar and then doing our comparisons on who would fit in eras or matches that we'd like to see take place or would have liked to take place – to me, that that was that was entertaining. I enj- I enjoyed just shooting the breeze on that as me opposed too, to bro. anything that went on shooting this week. The breezy, Tyler Breezy. Well, oh well, since you brought that up, <laughs> I have to say See, I knew it. Uh, I have to say on SmackDown, the Fashion Police stuff has actually been pretty funny. So hey, I like it too. It's I mean, yeah. it's pretty funny. It almost feels like a Billy and Chuck kind of thing. Well, a lot less sexualized, but yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean, I can't really, can't really go that far this day and age. I know, which thank God, <laughs> dude, they got away with so much. I know, and it was almost worse than DX stuff. I mean, I, I ain't gonna lie that that wedding. Uh, oh man, that I've, was, I've seen that so many times in this day. I've seen it so many times. It's so funny. It, it's funny, and at the same time, I can remember when I was watching that, I was really thinking to myself, like, what's really going on here? <laughs> like, I can literally picture, I can like, picture, not, uh, not is this legit happening, but more so of like, is it, like, are they really going through with this characterization, like, for real? <laughs> I mean, I can literally picture, um, dang, Billy what's, Guns, his, what's his freaking name? Like, oh my god. Rico? No. Chuck Palumbo. No, in, in the ceremony. Eric Bischoff. I can picture Eric Bischoff literally ripping his mask off and so he's doing it. Was it was such a good moment. It dude. really was. Like, ah, my, and he does his voice and he just starts peeling it off. Even, and you couldn't even tell it was Eric Bischoff no. while he was still peeling it off. You're like, who is I, this guy? I am, not even, I am not lying whatsoever. I had no idea until the three-minute line. And then I was like, I know. Huh. He kept pulling it oh. off and pulling it off. I'm like, who the hell? I'm like, what? Who is this guy? And he kept pulling the mask off. It was like, it was such an in-depth mask. You had to keep pulling off layers and stuff, and he was not doing good enough to show who he was. So uh, three did minutes he... gave it away for me, but also the fact that he kept pulling the freaking mask off three minutes did later. Did you see, have you watched his documentary on the network? They've got that on not. the network too. I did watch The Table for Three with Eric Bischoff on there, and uh, – and Cornette and, uh, and Cornette, Hayes. Which is good. I love Cornette, but he's like, talks too much. That's, I know. That's my only thing with Cornette. That's his, like, too. downfall. He has made, he makes such valid points all the time. It's just he, he talks way too God He talks much. so much that you almost, like, don't want to listen you to him You tune it out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, you have some pretty freaking good points, man. Yeah. But, man, the Eric Bischoff documentary, he talks about that, that segment. Um, really? And he... He was talking about how when uh, when he went over to SmackDown that day, um, they put him in a truck to get makeup on and everything. He walked around the whole day with that makeup on, so nobody even knew it was him the Whoa, entire wow. day. And he, he said when he got backstage, so many people were freaking out in just uh, in amazement how they had seen this guy walking around all day long. And nobody knew it was Eric Bischoff the whole time. Except That's pretty funny. People that put the makeup on. Yeah, he said it was one of the funnest things that he had ever done. But I'm telling you, Billy Gunn had the best line in that entire segment. In that entire segment. What is it? Because he looked, right, he looked right at Rico and he goes, "This is just a publicity stunt. Yeah. We're not gay. Yeah. You know, not that there's anything wrong with gay people." <laughs> And then everybody started cheering, and he looks right over. He goes, "But even if I was gay, I probably wouldn't marry Chuck." Yeah. And I was like, "What the hell?" Oh shit! I remember that. It's so funny. 
It was a, a great, a great segment. Great segment. It was funny. It's memorable. Even in today's society, it's still funny as hell. Uh, Chuck's still alive, right? Yeah, yeah. Chuck's still alive. Where? Why does not he make any? I can't talk. Why doesn't he ever make any kind of like appearances or anything? Yeah, he just he fell off of wrestling. He just didn't want to anymore. Uh, Is that what? I mean, he's. Yeah, he had his second. If you remember, he had that second run. Uh, with WWE, where he was the bike, he he was the the quote unquote rip off of Undertaker biker gimmick, which I didn't uh, mind. That was pretty funny. I liked it. I didn't. I didn't either. I actually thought it fit him well. I was kind of happy that a biker gimmick came back because I I don't know why I'm one of the few people that actually likes the American badass gimmick for Undertaker. I don't know why I am I like it I too. It was... And I've had I have many people that say that throughout the years. Like I actually liked it. I'm like I did too. But for some yeah. reason, it never happened. <laughs> yeah, and so many people, like, I don't know why all of a sudden, within the last decade, people have been like, oh, it was such a crappy character, such a shitty character, uh, this and that. What are you talking about? In my opinion, I think he got even more over because he was a now a quote-unquote realistic human being, you know? Yeah. And it only made him more popular when he came back as the dead man, you know? People I liked mean, seeing the biker, but then when he came back as the dead man, it was more like, oh, this is what we remember, too. Now, this could literally be a whole topic. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Dude, so now our cover photo for the this thing has Billy and Chuck, Badass Undertaker, <laughs> Trish Stratus, freaking talk, Trish Stratus, Dusty Rhodes, Samoa Joe, Ambrose, Heyman, and Breeze. The problem with this is... It's all old stars and nothing new. Mostly not new. I feel like. Where'd you put? Why didn't you put Samoa Joe on there? Why I did. You put Roman He's Reigns there. on there. Samo- oh, they are. I just want to do a couple different guys you don't usually see. Well, that's what I'm saying. Just, I mean, overfill that bitch, dude. Yeah. All right, man. Well, speaking of Samoa Joe, we're gonna actually tune out to his music. I'm okay with that. It was good talking to you, Travis. I will talk to you next Thursday, next Friday. This airs on Friday now, guys. If you're wondering, our new time is Friday. Yes, yes. We'll be right back here on Fridays for you. Yeah, where we recorded on Thursday night, like it's uh. Dude, don't go right into details. Just leave it alone. <laughs> Just leave it alone. All right, guys. I'll see we you record, next we, Friday. We record and we post this on Friday, y'all. So let's make this apparent right now. Peace out. Later. Bye.